Welcome back to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast presented by Barb the Baker. I am your host, Casey Coleman. Joining me on this week's episode is Jim Porter. Jim is currently the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. I uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Jim, just talking about his journey in the journalism and newspaper space, all the way to his current title as president of the Hall of Fame. Uh, a couple things I want to highlight that Jim talked about. First, when he talked about setting yourselves apart in such a crowded occupation, he talked about doing what's right, being yourself, being genuine. Uh, I think that's great insight. We don't need to, to try to do these fancy things or tricks or whatever. Like he talked about, he's not concerned about the resume. He's more concerned about who you are as a person, how genuine you are, how real you are, how caring you are. Obviously, resumes are important, but there's more to define a person than simply what's on their resume. Uh, really overall enjoyed my conversation. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Jim Porter. Folks, please help me welcome in this week's guest, Jim Porter. Jim is currently the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jim, how are you today? I am doing well, Casey. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, super excited. Uh, you shared in our class about six weeks ago, so excited that we got to make some time uh, to dive a little bit deeper into your journey, and we'll get right to it. Great. Uh, uh, how and when did you first fall in love with sports, and when did you first know you wanted to work in sports as a career? Well, I don't know when the heck I fell in love with sports. I suppose that probably happened when it does for everybody else, when you start seeing the competition. You know what? Let me take that back. I think it was probably when I, in first grade or so, when I got my uh, Miami Dolphins football uniform for Christmas. That's probably the first time, right? Because you dress up and I had a Dolphins jersey and a helmet and these uh, shoulder pads. That was probably it that day. Love it. And when did you know that you wanted to work in sports as a career? Well, I never knew that. Uh, it, it wasn't a thing for me, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm honored and thrilled to be where I'm at. But, you know, I was coming up through the newspaper business. And uh, how, how I landed at the Pro Football Hall of Fame was by the grace of God. And I'm incredibly honored and thrilled to have it. But I never really thought about having a uh, career in sports. All right. Well, you grew up in, Can in the Canton, Ohio area, graduating from Glen Oak High School. Uh, what was it like growing up in Canton at the time? What was the overall view of the Hall of Fame? And was working with the Hall of Fame uh, always an end goal of yours? I felt like you just shared that answer, but I'll let you go ahead. No, that's okay. You know, I'm asked that question quite a bit. And, you know, I was a pretty big dreamer growing up, but, you know, I never dreamt that. Uh, you know, that, that's a big dream to say you're going to run the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, there's only one Pro Football Hall of Fame in the world. And you say, I'm going to go get that job. Uh, that's a pretty big, uh, lofty goal. I, I never set that goal, but I always had a, huge love and fondness for the hall of fame and you know when when you say uh canton ohio people know it's the hall of fame right you know i i go on a cruise where are you from canton ah the pro football hall of fame uh you know uh, the the pro football players they they say you're going to canton you're going to be in canton one day or the announcers say that you know so canton is uh synonymous with synonymous with excellence and uh, i've always looked at it that way to be honest with you growing up even yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you spent 33 years in the daily print journalism business, including several years at the repos repositories, circulation director and CEO and publisher of Gatehouse Ohio Media from 2013 to 2020. 
Can you walk us through your journey in print journalism and what were some of the highlights and lowlights of the 33 years uh, that you were in the journalism business? You know, so I guess it started off with, I started off in the circulation department and I, and I was in charge of promotions for the youth carriers. So we're going back, like you said, 35 years because most papers don't have youth carriers anymore. But having youth carriers was, was such a great thing because you were actually helping them get a work ethic and build a work ethic at a very strong, uh, a very young age. And when you think about it, you know, you have to deliver the product on time. You have to uh, do inventory control. You have to, you had to go out and collect money at that time. And then you had to pay your newspaper bill. So all the things that we learned in life, you know, if you were a 12 or 13 year old kid with a newspaper route, uh, you were being taught that. So that, that was, that is the one thing uh, out of 33 years that's always stuck with me was putting people on the road to successful uh, business careers. Love it. Love it. Uh, In 2020, you started your time at the pro football hall of fame. First is their chief marketing and communications officer. And then in uh, October of 2021, you started your current role as president. How did the opportunity with the hall of fame come about and what intrigued you most about your current role? Well, you know, the opportunity came, you know, as a publisher of the, of the, repository like you said and i was a member of the pro football hall of fame board uh and when the opportunity came to to make a move during during a transition period for newspapers in general that they're still going through uh it it felt like a a, a good time to make a move in a in to to an institution that means the world to me so to be the publisher of the paper and then turn around and after a couple years of leaving there being the president of the pro football hall of fame i've had two great great uh uh, jobs that, uh, most people would, would, uh, would envy. And, uh, I, I don't take that uh, for granted in any case at, at any time, to be honest with you, as far as the, uh, uh, the second part of that question, uh, how did the opportunity with the hall of fame, uh, intrigue me the most? You know, I, I tell the story, I'm going down the road on the third day of having been named the president of the hall, nine o'clock at night, and my phone, my phone rings and, I don't recognize the number, but I, a bunch of calls were coming in that week. Uh, you know, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not a local job. It's 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 uh, known uh, known across, uh, at least the position is. And I answer the phone, and uh, I hear Jim. And I said, yes. And he says, Coach Madden, class of 2006. And I'm like, holy crud, what world am I living in that Coach Madden is calling me? And that, that was the first part that I started realizing, wow, this is, this is really something. Yeah. I remember you shared that story in class and it completely stuck out. So I'm glad you shared it again. (laughs) Uh, When you took over as president of the hall of fame commissioner, commissioner Goodell had this to say, uh, Jim Porter is a talented executive who has consistently proven his dedication to Canton, Stark County and the pro football hall of fame. Jim is an excellent choice to help the hall reach even greater heights as the destination for football fans to celebrate this incredible game. Uh, how does it feel to have commissioner Goodell have such confidence in who you are and what you can do? Well, so there's an underlying part of that. And the underlying part is the amount of great respect I have for commissioner Goodell. And I followed his career for a long period of time. And, and uh, to have to have somebody that you think so highly of to say something like that, you know, it, it's it's inspiring, right? And a great sense of pride. However, with that statement comes a, a, a huge sense of responsibility, also. And uh, you know, he 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 has uh, given me a bunch of credit uh, for uh, being capable of doing this job, 
but I take that very, very, very seriously. And the comments that he said are, are on top of my mind a lot. I, I want to make sure that we do exactly what his comment was. Um, reach greater heights at the at, for football fans and celebrate this incredible game that we all love. Yeah, I love it. Uh, as mentioned before, you spent 33 years uh, in the journalism space and to this point, three years with the Hall of Fame. Uh, to what or to whom do you credit your longevity in the business world? You know, I don't know about in the business world, but just in the world in general. I'll answer that. Is that better? Is that okay? Yeah, I love it. So uh, I had the huge honor at, at 19 years old of coaching with a man named Bob Cummings. Bob Cummings was a high school coach here in Ohio, um, two different schools, Struthers over in the Youngstown area and Maslin and in the county that we live in. And then from there, he went on to be the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, had a five-year run at the Iowa Hawkeyes, which was his alma mater. He had played football there. Uh, and then he came back to Canton. And when he came back to Canton, I was a 19-year-old kid, and I got to be on his football staff. And, you know, there's two things that he that uh, he always said, never, never give up, never, ever give up. And everybody knows right from wrong. Just choose right. And those two things have stuck with me for a long period of time. And, and I find myself, quite honestly, uh, reaching into uh, many Bob Cummings stories and the, and the life lessons that he had taught me. So I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, aside from my father, um, Bob Cummings would, uh, would be that person. Very cool. Transitioning to the advice portion of our conversation. What advice, knowing what you know now and have experienced all that you have so far, would 2023 Jim give Jim starting his undergrad? You know, I didn't learn until I was about 40 to give back to the community and the importance of giving back to the community. So, you know, if I'd gotten a head start on that, um, you know, maybe, maybe we could have done even some uh, different things in the community. So giving back to the community, uh, you know, and, and today's younger generation, they get that actually, you see a lot more volunteerism in today's younger generation that didn't happen back in the eighties. Uh, so, so that, and then the other parties listen, you know, uh, if you can listen to people, uh, there, there's a lot of knowledge that you can gain if you just take the time to listen. Yeah. Next question. Uh, maybe your advice is the same. Maybe not. Uh, in 2023, what advice would you give to someone trying to enter the sports world or trying to advance in the sports world? You know, just, just go in knowing that, you know, this is a degree and if it's a, in a lot, in a lot of cases, and if it's a degree, there's a lot of people who are, who are studying it. So under, understand the competition uh, that that you're up against to go into this field. And then, you know, we'll go back to that, what Bob Cummings said, never quit. Once you've made the commitment that this is what you want to do, go get it. Absolutely. Uh, did you have any different mentors along your journey that you learned from? I know you just mentioned the gentleman uh, that you got to coach with as well as, as your parents. Uh, but were there, were there any other mentors that helped you and how did they help you along your journey? You know, I'm not, mentors, I, I probably wouldn't go down that path for this question. I probably go down this path about the incredible teammates that I've had. And throughout my whole professional career, uh, I've been very blessed to have great teammates um, that that understand what we're trying to do. And, you know, you're only, you're only as good of a, of a leader as the people that are around you. And the teammates that we have, both at, at, that I had uh, on our team at the paper and on our team here at the hall, are just incredible human beings. And, you know, we'll, we'll start with that. 
be, uh, be a good person, um, do what's right. And then everything else kind of falls in place. I love that. I think that's great perspective for sure. Uh, so being in the sports management program that I'm in right now, one of the big things they push, uh, is the idea of networking. I had a previous guest, a few previous guests use some different terms, genuine networking or nurturing authentic connections. Uh, what advice would you have for others when it comes to the idea of networking? Well, I'll go back to the word about listening, right? But that genuine word's interesting to me, you know, genuine networking, uh, be genuine. You know, be be yourself when you, when you're meeting people, and, and people people will gravitate to that. Um, so so when I saw the word genuine networking on on the question, uh, it, it just intrigued me because at all times just be genuine, and and the networking just kind of happens. Yeah, I love that as well. Uh, what is the key to maintaining a good work life balance? I know you're a husband and a father as well. How do you not get overwhelmed? with your career and still make time for your family and friends and things you enjoy doing outside of work? Well, I think you might be making an assumption there that I've figured out how to do that work-life balance. Um, I, I think my uh, family may disagree um, with that, with the assumption. I'm trying hard at it, especially in today's world, but you know, there, there's a certain amount of time that we have to, to really make an, an impression uh, both on your family and at work, and it's important to figure out uh, time time for both of those. But I, but luckily for me, especially in this uh, second career of mine, my family is very engaged in my work and very interested, and they they have the same love for the hall and the same love for the sport of football. So it, this particular one has actually allowed me to meld the two together. Uh, because there's interest all the way around with everybody. So, uh, so I'm lucky in that area. Yeah, I definitely didn't assume you have it. I feel like every guest I've interviewed, uh, is still trying to figure it out. Uh, so no pressure. Uh, the sports, as we mentioned before, the sports management field's a very competitive field to break into. Do you have any tips, tricks, or insights that people can use to set themselves apart in such a crowded occupation? Yeah, you know what? This one, this one kind of goes back to the other one. Be yourself. Listen. Be yourself. Do what's right, and people will notice you. People are looking for that. You know, I think I mentioned on the last interview in the class. You know, and I, I don't think that there's anybody out there who's going to say, "Geez, Jim, this is great advice," but I don't pay much of attention to a resume. I would prefer somebody come sit down, talk to me for three hours, and let let let's see what type of person you are, and see and see how the interaction goes. Now. I'm not picking a heart surgeon here. If I'm picking a heart surgeon, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at resumes, but, uh, but for this, I, I just search for good people. So just be genuine and listen and, uh, do what's right. And, and you're going to fall into a good spot. Yeah. I love that idea that a person is more than their resume and not to say that their resume isn't important, but there's more to a person than their accomplishments on a piece of paper. So I think that's great insight. Uh, bringing it home, final few questions. First question, what is the most heartwarming or memorable sports moment you witnessed or experienced? Maybe something we as the casual fan would never see on TV, but you had the chance to witness or experience? You know what? Uh, so being at the hall, the hall is a bucket list item for a lot of people. And unfortunately, a lot of people put their bucket list together once they have a limited amount of time to be able to do their bucket list. Um, and we have experienced some very, very special moments from people who, 
who have come to the hall to uh, no, knowing that they may not be able to make a second trip to the hall and and what it does to them and what how it inspires them inside this building is is really just uh, an incredible thing and and not necessarily the dire need of what I just said, but just in general, the inspiration that comes around the hall uh, is pretty is pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, I love it. Uh, if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be? So, I didn't I didn't uh, get to know my one granddad very much, but everything I know about him, he was a very impressive uh, person. So, I would have liked to uh, had had dinner with my grand my granddad. Uh, Ronald Reagan is, is is somebody I've always looked up to. As a matter, matter of fact, I have a daughter named after Ronald Reagan. Um, uh, and, and while I think he's done, he did a fine job, it was more about the person that he was and uh, and how much he loved the United States. Um, so Ronald Reagan was was big for me. And quite honestly, uh, this one, uh, you know, this one's still alive. Uh, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is somebody for me that just tries to do what's right. And he, and he, and he is so, you know, he just won a, a, a medal, of medal, um, freedom medal, I think it was. I'm not sure. We might have to look and see what that was, but but it's given by the government for his for all the great things that he does for so many people. And uh, I am uh, uh, I would love to sit down and just talk to him about how he got to where he was. He works hard every day. He does what's right. And, you know, the whole thing of what I've been saying here is do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sounds like a great dinner of four for sure. Uh, if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room, what would you choose and why? I'm not sure if you'll know this song, uh, Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson's uh, "Where Were Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning." Um, that was a song they wrote several weeks after 9/11. Um, I actually listen to this song on a pretty regular basis. There's there's a phrase in there uh, where he says, uh, "I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference." in Iraq and Iran, but then there's this part, but I know Jesus and I talk to God. And I remember this from when I was young, faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us. And the greatest is love. So I, I actually listen to that song every single day. And, and it's because of that phrase. And then there's some other stuff in it that just tells you to stay grounded. You know, there, there's, there's a part in there about, did you turn on an I love Lucy rerun? Just telling you to get back to the roots. Uh, of what everything is and, and appreciate the goodness. Um, so, uh, and then also be aware that everything is not always good. So that, that song I listen to on a pretty regular basis. All right. I'm not familiar, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, right. final question. If you could go back in time and be in person for one specific sporting event, what would it be and why? And I went back and forth on this a couple of times. So at first I was going to say any of the boxing matches between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. But then I landed on uh, the Miracle on Ice in 1980. Um, you know, the United States had had an exhibition game uh, prior to the round starting against the Soviet Union. I think they lost like 10 to 3 or something like that. Uh, so for them to turn around, I, it, it's one of those moments. You know, I was sitting at a high school basketball game. It was a Friday night. I think I was a freshman in high school. And some of those minutes, uh, you never forget. And, you know, the announcer came on. Nobody thought it was going to happen. So I'm going to say being at that game, the Miracle on Ice, 1980 Olympics. 
Love it. Love it. I've had a few previous guests choose that as well. So seems like a great option. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jim, thank you so much uh, for just giving me a few minutes of your time. I'm sure you're very busy there at the hall, Uh, but thank you for taking some time just to share about your journey, some different insight that you've learned along the way to pass along to others. So thank you for your time and thank you for being on the podcast. Casey, I, I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, you have my contact information. If you if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, you give me a holler, okay? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Suits in the Stadium podcast presented by Barb the Baker. Barb the Baker is a woman-owned small business specializing in scone mixes and cookie mixes, as well as delicious assorted baked goods. You can follow Barb the Baker on her social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, and also order her delicious treats directly from her website at barbthebaker805.com. The Suits in the Stadium podcast is available across all listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and many more. You can also find us on numerous social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow and share with others who you think may be interested in our podcast. We release new episodes every Monday and Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.